You're listening to a Flawless Noises Media Network production. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to Gay Side Stories, where the gay shit goes. I'm your host, Trillificent. Thank you so much for joining me for another week. If you want additional content from me and my squad, or you just want to support the show and Flawless Noises Media Network, subscribe to the flawless noises patreon it's patreon.com slash flawless noises or you can buy some merch gay side story shirts are available so go to flawlessnoises.com slash store and pick something up and now let's start the show hey folks and we're back with another installment in the dating while fat series and I will probably be revisiting this at a later date. But for now, I'm joined by a very special guest. His name is DeMichael. I appreciate you stopping by. Uh, no problem. Thank you for having me. Now, what do people on Twitter know you by? Uh, nerd Life Thugging, or they uh, know me as the nigga that's always threatening violence on people. Just like a black. <laughs> I've gotten better at. I gotten better, you know. I I don't threaten people as much. Maybe only three times a week. That's considered. You know what? You know what that is? Growth. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> I, I think it is. I'm gonna take your word for it, and we're going to move on to our first segment, and that is the queer query. Question. What do you enjoy listening to on the way to or from work? Uh, to and from work, honestly, is a weird mix. Like, I'll start walking to work listening to Kirk Franklin, and then it'll transition to uh, Big Crit, and then the next thing you know, I'm listening to, like, old-school Ray Cash, rapping about drugs and shit. Same way to and from work. Okay. So, the, the gospel thugging mix. Got it. <laughs> It works. I promise it does. I mean, it must be doing something right if you threatening less violence. So, shout out to Kirk Franklin, I guess. <laughs> I mean, he threatened to pull out the chopper in Jesus' name. So, yeah, I, I mean, yeah, I think I'm safe. Yeah. yeah, I figured you would try to use that. <laughs> anyway, <laughs> um, I usually listen to podcasts, and lately I've been kind of. I've been enjoying the last few episodes of my other podcast, Ratchet Rambling, so much that I've just been listening to that over and over. My co-host, Candice, is hella funny. She thinks that I'm the funny one, but I think she's the funny one. So we just both point at each other like the Spider-Man meme. And we just I, I can see that happening. <laughs> we just have a good time, and... I listen to that and shows that I enjoy. I might listen to a lot. And I have a lot of shows that I'm subscribed to. But with things in the news, um, with R. Kelly, with Jussie Smollett, with so many things, I was like, I kind of had to take a break from some of the po- a lot of the podcasts that I listen to because I didn't want to hear about some things before I recorded some things. Um, but hey, you know, even if I don't, didn't listen to your episode in the past few weeks, I'm still subscribed. They still download. You still getting a listen from me. It's all good. I just sometimes I, that, uh, I need to be, uh, <clears throat> uninfluenced, if you will, from outside sources before I 
record. So if I know I'm talking about something that a lot of people have been discussing on their shows, then I kind of have to do a skip around uh, of what I listen to, either a lot of fast forwarding while I listen or I just like, you know, I'm just going to come back next week. So, um, and I listen to music sometimes too, but it's been mostly podcasts. Uh, I like to get high on my way home from work and put on some music and I just be getting my life. And then I get home and I look back and I'm like, how the hell did I get home? Because I don't remember paying attention while I was driving because I was high listening to music. But, you know, it works. Yeah, I can dig that. Uh, I definitely took a break from podcasts over the last couple of months. I think it's just for the fact that I travel around the world for work. So mm-hmm. um, it's just I'd rather catch up on them all when I go on vacation or when I have down days uh, where I'm not doing anything uh, work related. And I saw the Jesse Smollett and the R. Kelly uh, stuff, and it's like, you can't even pull up Snapchat without people giving uh, opinions on the Jesse Smollett shit. So it's just like, you know, yeah, I'm going to take a break on that because it desensitizes you and makes you annoyed with people as a whole. That's true, too. That's very fair. So next question, what's an experience you feel every black man should have in life? Oh, man. Um, I'm going to be judged by this one because I'm very, very biased. But uh, I say that every black man should try skiing or snowboarding um, at least once. Um, I mean, I didn't try it until I was well into adulthood and joined the military. But, you know, after I did it, you know, I've just been uh, skiing and snowboarding all over the place. Um Wherever I go, if there's a mountain in snow, I'm uh, I'm going to somebody's ski shop and written a snowboard and some good ski clothes and going down. And uh, I've definitely got the oh you 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 way too black for that, but it's fun. You it's an adrenaline rush, honestly, when you're flying down a mountain. Or if you get good enough when you're going off jumps, like, I mean, this year I plan on doing helicopter jumps on a snowboard, but that's after, you know, 10 plus years of snowboarding and riding. But I think everybody should just give it a shot. It's different. It's a change of pace. Uh, It's something that you really don't expect to have fun doing, but the shit's a blast, honestly and truly. Okay. Definitely didn't see that one coming, but that's very interesting recently having seen real snow in action i don't know if i'd be so keen (laughs) but it might be different when it's a leisurely snow type situation and not snowmageddon like they were calling it here the whole city was shut down so it's interesting oh no nah um no (laughs) Uh, I definitely did the beginner's courses where I had, you know, uh, a professional teach me. And then, you know, seven years later, I'm going down mountains while it's negative 15 degrees in a blizzard. But yeah, that probably wasn't one of my smartest decisions. I was going to say, I don't know if you're selling anybody with that. You're definitely not selling me. You're like negative. Hi- mm. like, oh, you no, know. you'll be hot. You'll be hot. 
you get hot going down the mountain. Like it's negative 15 and I don't even have a jacket on at that point because your body is overheated uh, at that point. Like negative 15 degrees feels like a nice 65 degrees at that point when you've been going down the mountain for a couple of hours. This sounds... <clears throat> I'm gonna have to take your word for this, <laughs> but I, you know, it's I get what you mean. It's something different. I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm not sure if this pamphlet is selling it to me, but I understand the sentiment. I appreciate the sentiment. If I'm ever on the West Coast, I'll teach you how to snowboard. Like I'll show you, it's not that bad at all. Take you to like one of the little beginner hills, and you can just go down super easy. I promise you. It on paper, you're just like, man, what the hell? But then when you actually do it, you're like, I right, this. This is actually pretty fun. You know, the real story is, I'm sitting here and I'm like, am I even coordinated enough to do this? <laughs> I'm like, yes, you are. I don't know. My I, my feet are already like, nope. <laughs> we don't understand what we're supposed to do with the rest of the body. But hey, you never know. Say yes to life. So I guess I won't have a choice. I'm flat footed and pigeon toed, so I think you can do it. Oh, my brother. <laughs> um, let's see. An experience I think every black man should have would be, I definitely think every black man, regardless of position in life, sexual orientation or anything like that, I think they all should attend at least one workshop that really explains and details tragedies of people in lower i guess social intersections if you will so lgbt people black women trans women trans men but it would need to be done in a way and maybe from somebody that kind of can relate to more men on a mass scale. I fully scale. agree with this. Um, on the strength that I grew up um, in a re- grew up came up from a really poor background, um, contrary to popular belief. Like I grew up homeless, um, and that was eye opening eye opening experience for me that most people won't understand. Um, and growing up with my mom, you know, I was the only heterosexual child she had. Everybody else, you know, is gay or bisexual, older brother, younger brothers and sisters. And it never it never clicked to me why people would look at us funny. And I was just, you know, that's the way it is. Like, that's life. People shoot. People are going to love who they want to love. And with my mom being the seamstress, you know, and being gay, she would go and do the shows and. I would go out and support her and, you know, she would be at home and she would be making outfits for, uh, you know, drag queens, um, the trans for studs. And, you know, for me, those people played the big role in my life because, I mean, I'm not saying this to be rude, but it's like a lot of times when people say, you know, sometimes, you know, men ain't shit. It's the truth. Like I learned a lot of life lessons from studs and whatnot, just like, you know about how you should move and maneuver or how to set yourself up for success in the future. And 
it worked out well for me because I am where I am today because of all of those lessons and people dropping gems on me, you know, from a young bull up until now. Like, and it's sort of commonplace in New Orleans and Houston. I mean, since I grew up in both places, but I've never uh, associated myself with the dogma that people try to place on um, those cultures. I've always enjoyed uh, experiencing it, like from going to splash and pride parades with my mom or like some of my teachers to just um, watching them make watching her make outfits for them or just sitting down and talking with them about you know stuff that uh they do at work or what they go through in life that's interesting that's a background i think people definitely would not expect to hear that you have um definitely a, a level of understanding that will be considered outside of the norm as well but i'm glad that you see the value in this <laughs> potential idea wish it was reality my only thing I would say is it would need to be taught by someone relatable. Like it can't be that animated, cheesy HR video style. Definitely can't be just from some random white person. Like it needs to come from someone that black men feel like they can learn from. And then maybe I'm not holding my breath, but maybe a good number will see this kind of stuff and realize a lot of the times y'all are the problem <laughs> unfortunately black men and it's not just the straight ones i know we harp on y'all a lot but i mean y'all are terrorists <laughs> but you know we all could benefit from that because even from gay men the misogyny that gets imprinted on them even if they don't sexually they don't find women sexually attractive it can still be harmful. We, they can still treat women in a terrible way. Hell, they can treat other people in the community in a terrible way, not realizing what they're doing. So I think there's some benefit for everybody. It doesn't matter where you fall. I agree with that. Um, just by watching uh, what my younger brother went through um, because he was bisexual. He, uh, he definitely, sometimes it went well for him. Sometimes he was on the outs. Uh, but then again, it wasn't my battle to fight. All I could just do is, you know, sit there and talk to him whenever he had a bad day and be like, I can't, you know, fully understand what you're going through. But, um, if you ever need somebody, you know, just remember, you know, your older brother's here for you and I got your back for whatever shit happens. All right. Last question. What was your most recent frivolous purchase? Ooh. Uh, I would have to say my most frivolous one is uh, my daughter's surprise uh, vacation uh, for the summer. I think I uh, broke the bank on her uh, putting the money up for her vacation because uh, she made the National Honor Society. So I decided, you know, I'm about to do something real stupid. So um, we're going to uh, Dubai. Um she thought it was just going to be Paris, but we're going to do Dubai and Paris. And Ooh, hashtag blessed. Hashtag I'm broke. <laughs> Nigga, please. <laughs> oh, man. 
so I don't have the ability to flex like my guests just did. But what I can say is that I spent some unnecessary money on some wireless chargers. So whoop whoop to me. <laughs> Ooh, uh, wireless chargers do get a kind of horrible. Uh, I say the least expensive thing I've done is I bought myself another set of wireless headphones and. Uh, I'm giving the ones that I have now to uh, my coworker because I trained him as a junior Marine before uh, he started working with me. And the headphones themselves cost like a, a little bit over 300 bucks. And I was like, that's on the cheaper end of things that I've done so far. Yeah, I'd say so. <laughs> And with that being said, that's going to wrap up the first segment. So now let's get into the main topic and why everyone is here. So as I said earlier, this is another installment in the Dating While Fat series. And this time we're doing it from a black cishet male point of view. And... I'm glad that you reached out to me about doing this because I did want to have this conversation with someone like you so that I could have that display, if you will, of different angles to this conversation. And I anticipate in the future revisiting this, but for now we'll have these three parts and hopefully somebody will be like, hey, why don't you talk about it from this angle? So let's get into it. Okay, I'm ready. So, first and foremost, how do you self-identify? Do you call yourself fat? Do you call yourself thick? Do you call yourself muscular? Dad bod? Which I use dad bod for that in-between of, like, (laughs) muscular and fat. So, it's like dad bod. I mean, I'll say I go for dad bod, but other people say that I don't have a dad bod, but... um, I like to err on the side of caution because, you know, mm-hmm. not everybody is going to agree that you're as good as you think you look. So I go for dad by like, I'm, like, you know, I'm very much muscular. I can I can carry a couple hundred pounds. But at the same time, as you know, if I don't, I'm a f- couple of cheeseburgers away from being uh, quite heavy. <laughs> Fair and honest. OK, I'm with it. I'm with <laughs> it. So, with that being kept in mind, are you a lover and dater of, I'll say, fat women instead of fat people? Uh, yeah, I am a lover and dater of, you know, fat women. I'm not currently dating one, but I've never had an issue ever in my life uh, with dating one. Okay, so you date them out loud and proud? Oh, yeah. I'm that I mean, if we dating or if we're in a relationship, you know, that's my girl. You know, why I, why am I gonna keep her in a closet and hidden? That's bad business. I agree, but hey, some of your brethren. <laughs> we don't recognize them because they're not, you know, if they don't have the balls to be out and proud with dating a fat woman, then you know, they're lacking a core essentials to be considered an adult male to me. <laughs> Damn, just sweep them under the rug. I don't know if we can do that because they so loud, but I get the sentiment. So let's talk about some experiences then. For you, I want to 
talk specifically about you dating someone fat because because you kind of fall in between as far as your own body style maybe let's do it from that angle so tell me about a good experience that you had dating a heavier woman i'll say one of the best experiences was like in the 2010 2011 time frame it was um it was an old high school crush. Um, like, you know, we had always flirted in high school, but it never panned out. And I came back home off my uh, Iraq deployment and we reconnected. Um, everything was just fine. Um, she she told me that, you know, hey, I hope it doesn't matter that I'm a heavier set woman. And I was like, why do you give a shit about that? Like, I mean, I was like, I'm I'm not a skinny dude. Like, why would I be ashamed? Like, you know, she's a person and, you know, it was perfect. Like, we went out, we had a good time. People recognized that, you know, we were, you know, we would be laid up under each other. We we were each other's, um, you know, aces at the time. We could go out, we could travel, um, went to balls, uh, went out and just saw the sights across the U.S. I mean, it was perfect. And I mean... Nobody was going to tell me anything about her being fat because, I mean, they was just going to get beat up. So, uh, I mean, it's like, you know, if you respect me, you're going to respect my girl. Like, that's it. Like, I ain't going to tolerate no disrespect because you think she fat. <clears throat> like, she's fat to you, but, you know, that's still, she's still a gorgeous, she's still a gorgeous woman to me. Like, that's just, that's just me, though. Yeah. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. So, how about a bad experience? Hmm. Uh, I will say a bad experience. Um, like I said, I don't care about the weight or whatnot, but um, to say that I'm a bigger person, you know, I'm very active. Yeah, I weigh, you know, 280 285 but like i said i go snowboarding i go biking um before i fractured my ankle i'd go you know five six mile runs and she would want to go and uh do active things with me because i would always go and do her activities and she was like that's not fair you know we should do some of the things that you like and you know, I would just say, hey, let's just go out to the mountain and just enjoy the view. She'd be like, nope, it's too cold for that. Let's go bike. And she's like, why would I be on a bike? You know, and it sort of annoyed me because she it seemed like a self-depreciation where she would be like, I can't ride a bike. I'm fat. I can't go running with you. I'm fat. I can't go snowboarding or skiing with you. I'm fat. And I'd be like, you know, cut that shit out. I don't like that. You shouldn't talk about yourself like that. And she would get a, she would get mad at me because I would tell her to cut that shit out. And, you know, I just, I don't like people downing themselves at all and much less downing yourself because you're big. I'm like, you know, I'm just as big as you. And, you know, it should not, you, you shouldn't have to degrade yourself or feel like you can't do things because you're in a certain weight class. Like, that don't. That don't mean, you know, daily squat to me. Like, you should be able to have fun just like anybody else. 
Like she wouldn't want to go to the beach or go swimming or anything. And I'd be like, you know, it, it started to get to me. I was like, you know, nah, I can't, I can't do this shit because I wanted to, you know, be like, I'm going to have to tell you about yourself because I don't like the way this is going. And I just got so fed up. I had to just call it off. And she was mad at me about it, but I just, I can't deal with somebody who I feel like, you know, don't give themselves their due. So I have to do my due diligence and ask outside of just kind of telling her, don't talk about yourself like that because I don't like it. Did you explore any other avenues of trying to help her get over that self depreciation? And the reason why I ask because oh yeah, on one hand I understand where you're coming from, but on the other hand, it's like when you're already dealing with someone something, whether it's uh, weight issues or whatever the case may be having someone just kind of be like well i don't like the way you talk about yourself so stop doing that like it just kind of it's such a slap in the face so just so that you're not out here looking crazy or maybe you know so you can be corrected but i don't think so gleaning from what i know about you i just want to make sure that we present that that you did exhaust different avenues of trying to help her with that versus just being like I don't like it so you need to stop doing it oh no um, I definitely tried to do other things because you know as a kid and a teenager I had to see a counselor before because um, at one point in high school I was a I was a big boy and I had hit that level and you know I tried to sit down and have honest conversations with her like you know is the do certain things like what that we want to do give you anxiety and I asked her honestly like you know have you thought about you know seeing a counselor about this and I was like you know it's not me being mean it's that you know I've had to see a counselor before because you know shit just wasn't working the way I thought it was supposed to and she she said no, and I actually, you know, would she be open to it? And that only made her even more angry when I asked her about it. And <clears throat> honestly, I I introduced her to some of the heavier set members of our family because um, the guys in my family they tend to be really muscular, but then some of the guys they're just like they're like me. They're they're in that dad bod phase where they're just like you know they're on the cusp of being just flat out you know fat and I would try to introduce her to other people you know that were big like us Um, I tried to sit down and have heart to heart conversations I suggested seeing a counselor or doing therapy before and anything that I suggested was just met with stiff opposition and you know I started to ask other people what I could do to help to help her overcome that and everybody just kept telling me you just you just have to wait until she's ready you know after six plus months of you know trying to deal with the issue once it had reared this ugly head finally i had to say i don't know if i can keep you know pursuing this because i i'll say my issue is i like the if i see something's wrong i like to help i want to try to fix the issue because I feel like I'm failing 
as, you know, boyfriend, lover, whatever, if I can't help you get through what you're going through. Mm-hmm. And so after a while, I had to just, you know, say, I, it's obvious that I'm failing as your boyfriend because I can't help you get over this. So I have to walk away from it. Well, I, I can see that. I can see how it, it would be draining for you trying. And for somebody that you're dating, even if you are in a relationship, I don't know. It's like it's not your wife that you've been married to for 20 years and she put on weight. And now you're like, oh, girl, no, nah, I'm good on this. It's like for you to want to help somebody that you haven't known that long. You know, shout out to you on that. So before I ask this next question, I want to sidetrack real quick because we talked about this briefly and as you know this whole topic was inspired by uh stephanie also known as nerd about town who helped me kick off this series and i just want to know your thoughts about what she shared on twitter about the bet and the guy dating her because it was a bed and all of that stuff or asking her out i guess no nah, that definitely uh that pissed me off i i didn't think that you know men in this in the year of our lord 2019 was still on bullshit like that or 2018 you know it shit like that shouldn't happen i was mad i was like you know if I was in her neck of the woods, I'd probably find this nigga and beat him up for her at this point. Like, like, like fam can get beat the fuck up expeditiously. <laughs> so it's interesting that you say that because we're both on Twitter. And as you said earlier in this conversation, we know that men are trash. So I'm a little curious about why you were surprised by that. Is it just the level of lameness that was off-putting? Or was it the act itself? Because it didn't surprise me. It was fucked up. And I'm just like, wow. But maybe being part of a marginalized group beyond just black, it's not that surprising to me. But I'm just curious about that. Uh, it, It surprised me, the level of stupidity. Um fair because at this point you're starting to treat people like you know they aren't human or they don't deserve the same you know decency as other people and you know as somebody that was extremely big before i've definitely had to deal with uh the fat jokes and i mean while the fat jokes didn't last for long um you know it definitely sucked and and i feel like anybody who's been ridiculed for any certain level of shit shouldn't you know be out there trying to make somebody feel on top of the world that then it's just like a, oh man uh by the way this was a bet my bad b and it's just what like why are you taking the time out of your day to waste your time and somebody else's time like that like that shit shouldn't that shit shouldn't have been done like when his homeboys dared him to do that he should have told them you know get the fuck out of my face like i ain't about to do no stupid shit like this we grown ass men yeah that was one interesting part of that story that it's just like who goes along with this like we're not talking about teenage boys in high school or 
I don't know what, exactly what they call it in London or in England. But I was just like, who has the time to do this kind of stuff? But also to get deeper with that, like you said before, that inability or unwillingness to see someone's humanity, like the fact that you could do this, play this kind of prank on a grown ass person as a grown ass person yourself and not have any type of thought about how this could affect them how it's going to deal how are they going to deal with it what are they already dealing with what are you piling on top of them uh, it's amazing to me that you could do this and just be like uh whatever i'm going on about my life good luck it's life deal with it and it's like you don't have to do that to people though so i definitely understand there and i get why you want to <laughs> engage in fisticuffs <laughs> Because it's just like this is so it's so stupid, but on top of that, it's just like what gives you the right? Like you wouldn't want because if the shoe was on the other foot and a woman did something like that to one of these guys and was like if it was a black woman and it's like oh and then her friend comes and it's like oh I just wanted to tell you that the only reason my friend is talking to you is because we dared her to get a white boy's number. You know, and they, then it's gonna be like you know that's why you black that black bitches this and then it's like oh they're gonna start with, oh nigga this nigga that and it's like uh, oh yep, okay that's see, what nah, say. Nah. then they'll be ready oh, to just set the world shot. on fire <laughs> <laughs> yeah they'll be ready to set the world on fire so I always find that so curious that you just treat people any kind of way with no consequences I mean and the friend he doesn't get much from me just because he developed his conscious or found it remembered he had it after the fact because it's like the damage is already He's done still trash as fuck yeah the damage is already done i mean thank you i guess for giving her what she needed so she could remove herself from a very toxic situation but again it should never have gotten there in the first place so you deserve to get your ass beat on the strength of that alone but the one who actually did it and very, did very not true. feel any remorse, he can choke. And that's not even me caping for her yeah. because she was on the show or just because, you know, I felt her pain. Uh, just on GP, like you can choke because th- th- that's ridiculous to do that to somebody. It makes no sense. It's like all the things you could be doing with yeah. your time. You could be, you know, dating people you actually are attracted to and want to be with. But anyway, so what are some observations you've made, like tweets or Facebook posts, barbershop talk maybe, that influence how you treat fat women in dating situations? And it could be positive Um, or negative now that I think about it. Um, what I'll say is I've I've noticed that uh, fat black women definitely um, get the short end of the stick um, in obser- uh, from observations, and you know it's not me just caping for women or the or before these dudes jump in my mentions again saying we swear to God we're gonna get you some pussy, bro. Um, yeah, those niggas are obviously virgins, but I see that you know <laughs> fat black men get treated way better than 
a black woman who would consider herself fat. They see these dudes are like, oh, he's husky. He has stretch marks. Let's uplift our kings. And then, when you know, on the same coin, when these uh, black women who consider themselves fat um, try to uplift themselves, dudes are just like, nah, you need to lose weight. That shit ain't healthy, bro. That it, it ain't this. It ain't that. And I'm just like, are you serious? I'm like, you know, I'm like, nah. And. You know, when I do date a woman that considers herself fat, I always remember that, you know, they do get treated less than um, 90% of the time. And it just, it always makes me stop before anything gets super serious and we have an honest talk about, you know, how she feels about doing certain things, going certain places. Um, Because I don't want to be that inconsiderate guy where it's like, you know, hey, let's go to a beach. And she's uncomfortable going to the beach because she wear she doesn't she can't wear a certain you know bathing suit or something. I'm like, hey, let's go out to eat at this place because oddly enough, I've been in that situation where we went out to eat and she felt like you know she shouldn't be seen at a certain restaurant. And I was like, excuse me, like I don't I don't get it. Like you're a beautiful person, you deserve to do whatever you want and it always leads me to have the conversation so that I don't come off as insensitive by suggesting we do something um, that she may not necessarily be up for. Because um, on one hand, a black guy would be celebrated for doing those things and a black woman would be lambasted and just, you know, beat down constantly mm-hmm. because of it. and. As me being a heavier set dude at being, you know, 280, 285, it's like, you know, I've seen people would say that I'm muscular, that I'm in shape, and a woman the same height, uh, build, weight as me and everything, they would be like, nah, she's just fat, she need to lose weight. And I'm like, you know, uh, she's more toned than you. She has less body fat than you. Let's be completely honest about what's going on right now. Mm. Like, you shouldn't even be saying anything. Like, you know, you are a shape. She's definitely toned. And I'm just like, you know, and that and I got into it with a coworker of mine uh, before when we were riding through California. He had all of these thoughts about, you know, how toned a black woman should be. But I'm like, bro, you five foot two, 275 pounds. You're not even defined. I'm like, you just you're just a shape like you're a circle. I'm like, do you even look attractive enough to dictate how a black woman should be? And, you know, he got mad. And I was like, you know. Like, first off, I'm going to be honest. Second of all, you can't whoop my ass. I'm going to tell you exactly about yourself. You you don't hold the you don't hold the keys to the kingdom for how black women should look or be. You are not the gatekeeper. You can't tell them to lose weight when you are clearly out of height and weight regulations yourself. Like you don't you don't get the bit of judge, jury and executioner on how, you know, a woman who considers herself fat carries herself. If she if she's confident. I like that shit. Like she can, she can be as fat as she want to be. She can be confident as fuck, and I'd be like, "Yep, that's exactly what I want to see. That's just sexy as fuck to me." And I, and we'd be walking hand in hand, happy as shit down the street, and nobody wouldn't tell us nothing. Because once again, they don't want to get beat the fuck up. Okay, fair enough, fair enough. And <clears throat> I'm glad to hear some of the things that you are saying and i believe it because i see you do it on twitter about checking men who have some sideways stuff to say 
So I definitely can see you doing that in your everyday life. And you're very confident that nobody can whoop your ass. And that is a booster in itself. So shout out to you on that. Um, And it's just interesting to hear, you know, a man's point of view on a lot of this stuff, especially because I I do agree with you 100 percent that while it's one way for a fat black man, it's way worse for a woman. And that is independent of sexual orientation, gender expression, like the fat film is always treated way worse very very true so with all of that being said let's wrap the conversation up with this last question and that is in your opinion how can it get better for women that consider themselves fat plus size etc in the dating realm the only thing that i can say is like uh as far as the as far as like speaking to you know fellow you know blacks heterosexual men uh, you gotta understand they're human too they're people just like us um, they they you know they deserve every ounce of humanity just like we do you know they deserve to get treated the way they want to be treated um, and it's up to us to make sure we meet those expectations if you can't meet that expectation step stand the fuck down and let her find somebody who will you know, treat her the way she wants to be treated. Um, it's not, it's not upon any of these dudes out here to make her feel less than just so he can be like, you know, yeah, I got her, but I had to, you know, try to break her down mentally or, you know, dig at her insecurities. Um, as soon as you realize that, you know, you're both people and, you know, she deserves every ounce of genuine love, just like you want to be treated. Um, like it, it would get better if you know men weren't so stupid and think that the world revolves around them all the time. And I'll say, you know, to women who consider themselves plus size, big, fat, like, please don't, you know, settle for these trash ass niggas. Like, don't. Mm. don't it hurts my heart to see it because like you do not have to settle for these men to feel love like like you was doing just fine with these dudes like now you ended up with a dude who ain't worth shit probably broke ain't got a job and he's just breaking you down so he can stay and latch on to you and drain you of your happiness until it's time to go and do it to the next person like don't settle for these dudes 90% 90% 90% of the time they ain't shit and they're gonna get mad when you find a dude who is about his words and they're gonna try to make you feel bad for being treated the way you want to which honestly <clears throat> is your prerogative and fuck them that makes me feel like there's such a deep conversation to be had about the socialization of men and how they're taught to view women. But that conversation is not for today because today's conversation is done. So, DeMichael, first, I want to thank you for, again, agreeing to be on the show and carving some time out of your busy money making schedule to talk to me about this topic. <laughs> <laughs> 
Thank you for having me. Uh, as I will always uh, say on Twitter, I'm I'm uh, either unemployed or I work at McDonald's, so I don't know what this rich money making thing is that you speak of. Oh, okay. I don't know how you fix your mouth to say that with the way you answered one of the questions at the beginning of the episode, but you know what? I'm gonna let you rock. And in the meantime, tell people where they can find you. Uh, my Twitter is at NerdLifeThuggin. Um, you can always find me there. Uh, I'm usually very busy nowadays because I'm working, but uh, when I am active, I'm probably getting into it with failed comedians or dudes that uh, like to call women bitches and hoes in my mentions, and I have to remind them, you know, act like your mama raised you with a modicum of decorum. Doing doing the Lord's work or whatever deity you pray to, doing their work. We appreciate you. <laughs> so that's that on that. Another show in the books. Real quick before we get out of here, chime in. If you have thoughts on what you've heard, sound off. Use the hashtag GaySidePod when you're live tweeting or posting about the show. As a brief reminder, you can listen to this show on Anchor, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, countless others, or whatever your favorite podcast app is. Send in any gay side mail to gaysidestories at gmail.com. And that can be letters, compliments, show topic ideas, stories, pitches for being on the show, if you want me to be on your show, send all of that stuff to GaySideStories at gmail.com. Take a moment to go over to Apple Podcasts and leave a five-star rating. And if you really love what I'm doing here, write a review. That's how people find us. And despite how Apple treats that podcast app, it is still the biggest hub for podcasts. And we want to be seen. With all that being said, thank you so much for listening. And as always, make sure you're sharing this podcast with others. I appreciate the likes, but reposting and resharing could potentially turn into a new listener. Remember, you can also find me on Ratchet Ramblings with Jeremy and Candace discussing black reality TV shows and being probably offensive, but it's all in good fun. Lastly... I say this all the time and I mean it. Love yourself and whether you're top, bottom, verse, however you identify, protect your walls or they will crumble. You do not want to be out here with walls like ancient ruins and I'm out. See you guys when I see you.